Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trip Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are here with Jessica. Hello Jessica, how are you? Hi, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Are you excited and ready to get started? I am. Great. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your journey. How old were you when you started and how did it progress for you? Sure, yeah. Um, So to give you some perspective, I'm 27 now. Um, and this started for me when I was 13. So uh, 14 years ago, which sounds really weird when you say it out loud. <laughs> my trichotillomania is a small teenager, which is crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So where did you start pulling from? Yeah, so I was primarily pulling from like the very top of my crown, like towards the back. Um, I remember really vividly, I had like a little scab or something there that had, you know, was itching. But then when the scab went away, it was still like, there was still a sensation of this itching happening. Um, So I would, you know, it wasn't uncommon for me to, you know, just play with my hair, you know, twirl my hair. But then I started what I, you know, we'd call now actively seeking, Mm -hmm. you know, seeking that hair, the perfect, we all know the one, the crinkly one, the thick one. Um, And you know, especially if they were shorter than all the other ones, for some reason, you know, the ones, you know, the little flyaways that stick out, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would find, I will find you <laughs> for mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know what trichotillomania was? How did you find out the name of this? Yeah. So after, you know, I don't know how long I, I, I was pulling before my, my mom was probably looking into it as soon as she noticed, um, And she one day kind of put a book in my lap um, and it was basically a trichotillomania book, a hair pulling book for young people. I can't remember the title, but, um, and so I learned this thing has a name and then the scary part comes and I learned that I have to go to therapy now. Mm. So... (laughs) 13-year-old me was not really excited about going to therapy. Therapy was for people that were crazy, you know, which absolutely is not the case. But, you know, you know, being a young person when therapy wasn't as openly talked about now as I think that it is, um, it seemed like a really scary thing and that something was extremely wrong with me if I had to go to someone that was a professional to help me. hmm now, when you went, did they have knowledge of trigotillomania or was it something you kind of had to educate them on? Um, this one actually did. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure my parents did some kind of research. Like we got to make sure that they, you know, know what this is. Um, but I've definitely encountered other medical professionals in my life that had no idea. And then I did had to explain um, something too. Um I even had a psychology teacher in college and I kind of was like, you know what? Like we were talking about, you know, uh, disorders and OCDs and BFRBs. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to class and just, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him and see what he says. And he goes, Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, (laughs) I was so, my heart sank. I was so disappointed. I was like prepared to like, you know, tell this man my story and, you know, kind of like, you know, if you want, like, if you ever want me to talk to the class or anything like that. And he was just like, don't know what that is. (laughs) I was baffled, but 
Yeah. So it's, it has been crazy how many medical professionals or professionals in general that I've come in contact with that are just like, never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And that's such, it's such um, a letdown because, you know, I'm sure, you know, you build up this excitement of like, he's going to get it. He's going to understand me. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And he's like, what? Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> well, listen, you did share. So now he probably went home and was like, okay, why did I not know this? You know, yeah. now he's probably educated. <laughs> I sure hope so. Yes. Now, when you first started pulling from the crown, did you have noticeable bald spots where people pointed it out to you? Um, I was starting to get multiple bald spots. Um, and this is kind of when I know you're a headband queen as well. I am a headband queen and have been. <laughs> for the past 14 years um mainly because if I pull my hair back in a ponytail it covers the crown of my head so I basically have a giant comb over Mm -hmm. um essentially is what it is um but I would always make sure that when I would go in the classroom if I got to pick my seat I would go as far to the back as I could because that meant no one's behind me. No one can see my hair. No one can see if I accidentally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly just like sitting in the front, I can just feel eyes on the back of my head. Like, is my hair in place? Is my, are my bald spots showing? Can they see? Um, and, you know, especially I remember that year um, we uh, actually lived on an island off of Rhode Island and, you know, did a lot of water stuff. Um And the water was a scary place for me. Um, I haven't been underwater in a pool with my hair down, you know, in the past 14 years, probably. Mm -hmm. At least in public places. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have gone, do you, you know, you're surrounded by people that already know? Do you wear like a cap? How, How do you feel comfortable in the water when you go? Yeah, uh, it's definitely just, you know, depending on the people that I'm with, um, if I've, you know, if that feels okay for me, a lot of the times though, I'll just go and try not to get my head wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh, stay above water, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to, you know, bring back to the part where you mentioned sitting in the back, like you're a 13 year old girl, you already have the stress of like, hormones are happening, life in general is happening. Absolutely. And now it's like you have a, a sense of paranoia because of this. I think a lot of people don't understand how detrimental that is because it's so young where that's, that starts and it really doesn't go away. No. And still, you know, still, I, you know, I'll be talking to people and right now it's probably the worst that it's been in a long time. Cause as you know, this kind of, it's usually a fluctuating thing for a lot of people. For me, it's very seasonal dependent, like in the winter, when it's dark, when it's gray, when it's cloudy, I'm inside a lot. I'm doing a lot of sedentary things where I'm just sitting. And that is the perfect time for someone who pulls to be pulling. Mm-hmm. So I do find that it changes throughout mm-hmm. the season. No, I really like what your mom did. She brought a book to you. Did you feel when she brought that to you, were you like, you know, alarmed that she, she, you know, did some research? What was that like? Because I know sometimes it's a hard balance. How do I approach this without making more ashamed, you know? Yeah, I think we were both just really scared. Um, And I know she was really scared. Um, 
you know, I would, I remember one time, like, you know, hearing her in her room at night, you know, just, just bawling. Mm -hmm. And it sucked to be a kid and be like, I know that's because of me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was trying to, you know, and she wasn't trying to make me feel like I was in trouble, you know, but I would get the, you know, comment, well, if you don't get this under control, I'm going to have to buy you a wig. I don't want to have to buy you a wig. And, you know, it shouldn't have felt like that was going to be a punishment, but for me, it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it felt like, okay, she's going to make me wear a wig if I can't get this under control, you know? Yeah. And that was um, a a thing for me as well. My mom saying, you know, Hey, we're going to have to buy this because I was pulling from the front. And I was like, you know, when you, I feel like, especially when you first start, there is no idea of self-control because you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. No, no idea. Total translate state, you know? um, Yeah. No idea that I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And especially- yeah and yeah until it was done yeah until it was done and I was you know either in the classroom and looking at the floor or the white linoleum where you kind of have to like kick your hair around when you're done like hopefully no one saw that we're good I liked the carpeted classrooms because they were dark and you couldn't tell my hair's blonde um but yeah even then it would or if I'm, you know, reading a book or working on homework, you know, I see the hairs on the paper, you know, there's just like little hairs here all over the paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's upsetting too, because, you know, I often think about my younger self and I get emotional because you're so young and it's not our fault at all. Like now we know not our fault. Yeah. You feel like you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, um, and I, I felt like therapy was also some sort of, you know, punishment for me, even though mm-hmm. it was made very clear to me that it was not mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're just trying to help. Like, this is what you need to do. Um, but yeah, just a little angsty at, at that age. And I just did not want to be there. I'm sure I rolled my eyes so much at this poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's being a, a teenager, in general is like a whole different ball game of crazy and horrible. Yeah. Now let's add on something that like physically alters our appearance. It's, I was so emo. Like I really was <laughs> so emo and so upset with everyone, including myself. Yes. That was the year I discovered um, Napster and started, you know, downloading the music that takes forever and, mm-hmm. you know, had my iPod and um, yeah. I definitely, definitely listened to a lot of music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now, when you went to this therapist, were there some things that she, you know, taught you that you liked and that you used? Um, yeah, there was a lot of talk about, you know, um, finding something else to do with your hands, you know, something else to do with that kind of pent up energy. Um, so that's when I started collecting, you know, the fidget toys that, you know, the twisty things, the silly putty, silly putty was my personal favorite. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you know, the silly putty and things like that, um, that would just avert my attention to do something else. Um, I also loved, I was, I still am like super like crafty 
And so, you know, this, this is the time of time, like season in my life when I taught myself how to knit because I needed something, you know, to do with my hands. Um, and, and, you know, I guess the string almost kind of feels like hair, just almost enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you, when your trick comes in waves, do you find yourself gravitating toward the same spot each time? Like it'll grow back and you go back to it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, unfortunately, I've started to move. I've started to move down on the sides of my head's head as well. Um, so it it kind of just goes all the way across my head. It's basically where a headband would be, but mm-hmm. thicker. Um, and my I always go for the the shorter hairs, and so it's almost like I've created. I essentially have two hairlines. I have the hairline that's on the outside and I have a hairline that's on the inside and a lot of little fuzzy friends up there that I'm hoping will grow mm-hmm. and nurture and, uh, you know, get to be long someday. Mm-hmm. When I, I pull the same spot, I started here at the top, you know, by my forehead. And then I've been back at this spot like three times already, like yeah. same exact spot. And I, my hair, when it grows back, I guess because it's all different lengths and now it's like a, a different texture, maybe I'm doing so much damage to like the follicle or something. It grows back curly. Does that happen to you? I do have some curly ones, which my hair is not curly. Um, but yeah, some of those shorter, you know, darker. Yeah, they will be kind of curly. And it so it makes them stick out even more. And it almost justifies it for you. Like you're like, well, that one didn't look right. You know, mm-hmm. that that one, it's all good. That one doesn't have to be there. It didn't really belong. Um, but now I'm trying to look at them all and think, even when I have my hand on one and I'm trying to get in my own brain to tell myself to put it down, because that's mm-hmm. a hard thing when you already have a hair in your hand and then you become aware. Now you have a decision to make. Do you put it down or do you continue the act? Mm-hmm. Because the itch doesn't go away unless you continue the act. So, you know, I'm just, I'll grab one and I'll be like, this one, this one, it's going to be so long someday. Just think about it. It's going to be so long. And I think I heard on another talk you did, you know, somebody talked about naming them. Oh, like, oh, little Frankie, like, I can't rip him out. You know, he's going to grow up be so good, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, it is so hard because, I always viewed myself as like a conscious puller. Like I'm going, I know when I'm doing it, but I didn't realize how often my hand goes up there without me knowing. Like it'll, I I wore the keen uh, bracelet and so it vibrated every time. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, every second I'm getting a vibration. This is not good. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes you, it would definitely make you aware of, yeah. And I mean, I'm much more, as I've gotten older, I, it's much more conscious. Um, you know, it's definitely, you know, if I'm having a particularly stressful day, there might be a split second, you know, two or three hairs where, um, you know, I didn't realize I did it, but then I realize, and sometimes when I realize I still don't stop. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's just so hard and it's something that only, people that have trigger telomania, they're, you know, that you can only, you're the only one that knows what that feels like, mm-hmm. you know, because of course, you know, we all get told, you know, well, why don't you just stop? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, if I could, I promised you that. Mm-hmm. 
so I'm been act. I mean, I've actively tried to stop a million times, but you know, I'm kind of doing it again. And I feel like now that I've kind of found this community that it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit easier. Um, one of my big like trigger places to pull is in the car because, you know, your hands already up there, mm-hmm. you're it, you know, you're sitting in traffic. I'm just driving down the highway, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, that's my one go-to thing. But if I, you know, put on the podcast, mm. then I'm actively thinking about trichotillomania, which makes it even harder to justify pulling at the same time while I'm listening, listening to people who are talking about healing. Mm-hmm. That has been a, a, that's been a good strategy for me so far is when I'm in the car, that's what I'm listening to because that's what I need is a, a third party to talk about it and, you know, kind of settle that voice in my head. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I mean, that's a huge, <laughs> I mean, that just changed my life. So thank you. Appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. The car thing, I don't have a car anymore. I was able to get rid of the car. I could walk to my job. Nice. But anytime I'm in the car, anytime I'm in my boyfriend's car, right, I mean, instantly. Instantly, yeah. yeah. It's way too perfect. Like the whole, it's, I mean, it's too perfect. It is too perfect. You're so right. And, you know, that's why, you know, at the couch or, you know, at my desk here. Um, yeah, it does. It sets, it sets you up. <laughs> I don't want to say sets you up for failure, but it sets you up to to make those actions easier to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what's the alternative? You sit on your hand, and it's like, well, now I'm not really driving safely, but yeah. also it wasn't in the first place, I guess. Exactly, I know. Mm-hmm. What are some ways you get rid of, if you can, if you've noticed that you can get rid of that itch when you're like, okay my scalp is just itching. Like I have to do this or I'm going to keep pulling. Yeah. I I'll usually just start like to be very um, like noticing my own breath, just like actively, you know, breathing in and out, you know, keeping full deep breaths. um, I feel kind of helps me reset a little bit. Um, Yeah. I just, you know, I say, you know, count to 10 or, you know, something like that. Um, but it definitely has a lot to do with just breathing and thinking about, is there anything wrong in this moment? Mm. And if the answer is no, then I'm fine. You know, there should, there should be no anxiety there. You know, what about this moment is, and if there is something in this moment that needs to be addressed, that's where I take the time to address it with myself, you know, okay, why don't I feel good in this moment? You know? Mm-hmm. I noticed that you mentioned you wear, you know, physical barriers, you have the headbands. What are some other things that you wear to keep your hands out of your hair? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always, uh, like, you know, for the past 14 years, even on my wedding day, I wore a headband. Now it was a really cute headband <laughs> and it was very sparkly and I loved it. Um, but yeah, mainly, yeah, mainly the headbands at home, I'll wear head wraps. I wish I liked hats, but I don't, I don't, I don't, at least I don't like the way they look on me. (laughs) Um, I, you know, wore, you know, a ball cap for some time, you know, in, uh, oops, 
last year. I lost. I lost network connection. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry, I'm gonna have to edit that part out. Um. So you, yeah, mention the ball cap. Sorry. Yeah. So I would, you know, wear a ball cap in, um, you know, like middle school, junior high. Um, you know, if I was going to be like outside getting hot or sweaty, you know, where, you know, when you sweat, your hair gets wet. So then you can see a lot more, you know, of your scalp that's under it. Um, but I didn't like wearing them. So Mm -hmm. what I've found a lot is like the really thick, like head scarf headbands where I can wear it and it covers all the way down to basically Mm -hmm. where my like actual hairline starts. Um, I wear those a lot and sometimes I'll, even like tie it up and tuck my hair under the under the headband and put a ponytail thing around it and so I can't I physically can't get into the spots at least where I like to pull Mm -hmm. now did your school allow you to wear hats or was it something you had to get like special permission for you know I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure we were able to in one of my schools um so I'm a military kid so I've been to like a million different schools in a million different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so trick for me started, you know, of course, you know, you are 13, you know, puberty, but it was also after a big move that I made. Um, so I was not only going through this, you know, not feeling comfortable in my own skin, but I also was the new kid in a very small school. And so like eyes were on me, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it was on this little island and I had like 60 people in my entire grade. I invited everyone to my going away party at the end of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was, It was that kind of like small environment. Mm-hmm. Did you feel comfortable sharing with people at that age about it? Like friends at school? Um, I did have, I did have a couple of friends that I did share it with. Um, and um mainly because they, you know, people I felt comfortable with that shared things with me. Um, Like I I had a friend who her home life was not great. And, you know, she shared that with her, she shared that to me. And I said, well, hey, like, you know, I want to tell you something that I'm struggling with right now, you know, even though it's a lot different. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, relating other struggles to, relating my struggle to other people's struggles. Mm -hmm. Was that the first time you shared with a peer? That was the first time I shared, yeah, with with a peer, absolutely. Um, and it was it was received really well with this particular girl that I had shared with. Um, I uh, also all my teachers knew about it, mm-hmm. so it was something that was decided, you know, between me and my mom. You know, they. Think you had a similar experience where you know do you want us to tell the school i thought yeah i guess you know maybe that'll let me they'll let me play with my silly putty they'll let me sit in the back you know um and then they would have like a teacher would come around and you know if i was if i was actively doing it they would just like tap me on the shoulder real quick or if I was looking if you know if I was looking down I look at them and you know our eyes locked they'd kind of throw up a peace sign at me like hey Mm -hmm. you're doing the thing again um so I mean I think that was that was helpful it was also you know embarrassing I was like 
don't want my teachers to know about it, you know, like, <laughs> don't want everybody to know. But um, one of the teachers, it turned out that her daughter had trichotillomania. Mm. So she was the first person that I ever met that actually had what I had. Now she was, I was 13. She was probably more like 18 or 19. So, and I, to this day, I wish I could find her and just be like, hey, thanks. Like, I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Because that was, that was a really great moment in, in my experience was meeting this girl who was older. And you know what? She, I, she was pretty and, you know, she seemed like she was smart and like she was doing okay. So that gave me a good look for like the future, like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, this is not the all is lost moment, all is ending moment. You know, there's this girl here that's, you know, five or six years older than me. And, you know, she has a productive, happy life. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is amazing. Cause I, I know for me personally and, I, and for others, like you don't meet anyone. And so you might see it on MTV where it's like, yeah. kind of like, you know, making it look a little bit worse than it is. Um, so there is that question of like, what is life going to be like for me? Like, sure. will, I, will I always have this? And that, in a, in a sense at that point is like impending doom, right? Like, will I always have this? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But now I, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'm probably going to always have this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I've definitely come to that general consensus as well. You know, it's not something I'm trying to get rid of anymore. It's just something I'm trying to lessen, you know, um, and just kind of right now taking it day by day. Um, I don't think, you know, I know some people use, you know, like habit trackers and, you know, they get a good, I just, it just bums me out so much when I have a streak on something and I, you know, let myself down. And it's like, I know this is something that I do. I know it's something that I'm going to do and I'm going to do it on accident. And then I'm going to feel terrible for the rest of the day because I told my phone that I wasn't going to do it all day. Um, so personally, I don't think that works for me, you know, saying I'm going to get rid of it. I'm cured. I think I can say I'm actively recovering, maybe, you know, just, um, you know, just taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's beautiful because I think so, you know, so much of our childhood was like, how do I stop this? Like, it has to stop. It has to stop. This is, you know, this is not okay. And it's like, no, I'm going to have good days and bad days. Like, this is just me. And also, it's nice that you're able to reflect and say, what is wrong right now? Is there something wrong? If not, then I'm okay. What's going on? You know, I, like, it gives that moment um, to have that self-reflection that maybe we wouldn't have had if we didn't have, like, such an obvious trigger, maybe, you know? Yeah. That's, like you said, just, like, such an obvious trigger. It's, like, and everybody has everybody has something that they go through and, you know, it, mine just happens to be physically visible to people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just kind of, it's like having, I compare it to like having a scar, you know, like you can tell that there's been damage there. Um, but it's, you know, if, if you have a scar, you know, you can physically see that someone's been hurt and that's kind of how I feel, you know, 
my my bald spots are you know just mm -hmm. kind of a, a symbol that lets everybody know that sometimes I'm not okay mm -hmm. I think that's lovely that's a lovely way to put it I really do I really do thank you let me ask you do you do the lip thing when you pull your hair I absolutely do the lip thing um <laughs> yep. absolutely um yeah it's definitely there definitely is like some kind of like oral fixation that goes with it and I've um another thing I would kind of try to do for myself you know would be like have gum have mints you know have like different things to like you know I don't know like focus my mouth on I guess you know rather mm -hmm. than you know that sensation of that you know bowl over the you know whatever you know across your on across your mouth yeah mm -hmm. yeah I remember the uh the first time a therapist asked me that, I was like, how do you know? Like, I was so shocked. Yeah. Like, you know about that? Like, what? That's like, I felt like that was so um, personal to only people who have it, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, and not everybody does it, but, um, you know, it's just, for me, it's just part of the, it's just part of the ritual, you know, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, it's, you know, it's. I pull my hair and then it goes, you know, then my mouth touches, you know, it goes to my mouth. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a very hands and I still, still am still a very like hands to mouth person. Like I would chew on, you know, if I have a pen and I'm, you know, I, it's, I'm chewing and it's mine and I'm at home, <laughs> the cap is going in my mouth. That's mm -hmm. not a COVID friendly thing to do. So we don't <laughs> do that at, unless we're at home, but. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you got to the point where, you know, you have now a social media account about your trick. How did you get to that point? Yeah. So I literally started it a week ago. So it is in its very, very young ages. Um, and at first I didn't even have my name on there for the first couple of days. And then I was like, oh, I guess I'll put my first name on there. You know, um, I don't know. I just wanted to you know, be more, you know, actively working towards, you know, recovery, you know, actively working towards lessening it. And I feel like talking to other people and hearing other people's stories, it definitely makes it feel more normal because it's, it's definitely, and it's an isolating experience. It is. So, um, you know, getting, getting on social media is somewhere where, you know, even if, one person sees a picture of me and goes, she looks pretty normal. Like, you know, like, um, you know, if they have trick and they're feeling, you know, alienated or um, not normal, um, you know, just like, like, hey, we're all people out here. Um, and we're all trying to, you know, work together to conquer something that is bigger than ourselves. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think it's great. I mean, being able to share like tips and tricks, like I've learned so many things from other people with trick that I didn't, I would have never thought of. And I was like, what? Well, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just think, you know, and the, the more people I see with it, the more, you know, confident I feel because it's like, there, there really are a bunch of us out there. Like there really is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be some advice you would give to someone who wants to do what you did? They want to make a social media account. They want to start sharing. What would what advice would you give? 
Yeah. I say, if you want to start sharing, um, maybe just start, maybe just start looking at other people's accounts first. You know, that's kind of what I did. I kind of got on there and was like, there can't be that many accounts on here. Right. Oh, sorry. Um, there can't be that many accounts on here. Right. And then, you know, you go to the hashtag or you go, you just type in part of, you know, you just type in trick and all these accounts come up. So, you know, just like do some exploring, see what other people post. Um, you might decide, oh, you know, maybe I don't have anything I want to share, but I really want to see what other people share. Like, I think that's still a great step too, even if you're not comfortable sharing, you know, pictures or, you know, you know, your personal thoughts. I've, uh, I haven't shared a picture of my, the damage to my hair at all. Um, I, something I've been thinking about for the past week since I started this account. Um, I mean, it's still, it's still scary. You know, it's still just a scary thing, you know, only, you know, my husband and, you know, my family and, you know, only a few people have, you know, seen what that damage actually looks like. And I can't decide whether, you know, it would, could be harmful to some people. Like it may be, you know, triggering to see, you know, something like that, you know, seeing a giant bald spot or, you know, seeing, you know, that I've got, you know, a few scabs on my head from, you know, just where I've pulled. And um, I can't decide whether it'd be triggering, but I've also stumbled across pictures and it's, it's helped me a little bit, you know, it's kind of helped me, it's helped, helped me feel normal. And, you know, just, see, you know, seeing these people like, you know, this is still a beautiful person, you know, even though we've got this going on. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I, of course, I'm going to be like, do it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Or another. laughs> yeah. because well, I well, that's, well, that's, that's, I mean, I appreciate that. I would, I think, I think I will. Um, I don't know when that will be, but <laughs> I think it is something I will do because, you know, I, I just want to, you know, share it. I've come across a lot of great accounts, um, and, you know, just, just even just the hair loss community, you know, people that have alopecia or, you know, that are going through chemotherapy or, you know, whatever it happens to be, um, seeing images of people that look, whose hair looks like mine, for me is really comforting. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, when I first started my Instagram account, I was anonymous, you know, no pictures of me ever, like nothing, just like type A. Um, but I was so inspired by others. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I wasn't in my journey yet where I'm like putting my face out there and showing like my spots missing, but other people were. And I was like, you can get there. You can be that like vulnerable and like open and like proud. And like, it's, I was like, whoa, this is something I can aspire to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I think that will be a goal of mine. Um, you know, I, maybe it'll be in 30 days. Maybe it'll be in a year. I don't know, but <laughs> I think it, I think I am going to make it a goal. Yeah. I think I, I am going to be 31 this year. And when I first started the account, I think I was 27, 27, 28. Um, but I was like, Oh, when I'm 30, like I'll post my picture. <laughs> like, and I was definitely not, I was younger than 30. Like I was really, it, it came faster than I thought because of everyone else. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is every day. I felt like more, you know, comfortable in my own skin. And I was like, this is what, social media is about you know this is the best part of it yes you're putting the social in media good job <laughs> yes yeah like we're not faking anything like you know 
filter mm. you know this magical life it's like no we can actually talk about a serious disorder that we all share and bond over it and learn and build each other up like what okay I know it's it's pretty magical I'm really enjoying it yeah and just like you I was like there's no way there's this many and I'm like oh my gosh so many people like so many people yeah and all over the world and even you know what I love to when I talk to other people with trick I love to find the similarities and there are so many yeah absolutely yeah I met um the the first person that the, the first person after the original person that I had met that had trick was you know many years later um I was in high school and um I don't know if this girl in particular had noticed me pulling or if she noticed my bald spots. I don't remember how it happened, but we both ran into each other in the hallway one day. She comes up to me and was like, you have trichotillomania. I was like, I do. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Um, And that was a really, that was a really fun moment. Not fun, you know? My cat is screaming. <laughs> Bye, then. Come here, buddy. Oh, so cute. Uh, sorry. He might come in here and make an appearance. Um, but that was just, I don't know, just like this sense of relief. Like, oh my gosh, there's somebody here that knows that's my age, that knows what's going on and, um, you know, knows how intense those feelings are. And it was it was good. And I still to this day, you know, follow her on Facebook and stuff. And every once in a while, I'll be like, hi, you know, hope you're doing well. And <laughs> so that's wonderful. Yeah, that was my f- first experience as like, a older version of me that, you know, met somebody that also had trick. Mm-hmm. And tell me if you feel this way. When I meet someone with trick, I'm just like, you get it. Like, you're my person. Like, you understand. No one else does. You do, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. It didn't matter. You know, we, yeah, it did, it, it did, it didn't matter. Like what, you know, what, what's your favorite color? What's, you know, do you like mm-hmm. sports? Like, I don't care. You have trick and so do I. And that makes us, you know, that makes us sisters in a sense, you know, I know there's obviously there's, you know, men out there that do this as well, but I think the statistic is, you know, like 80 to 90% of it are, you know, as females, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so coming across a lot of a lot of friends or you know sisters <laughs> that mm-hmm. all. <laughs> oh yeah. So can I ask you, you know, when you met your husband, was trick something that you shared right away or did you kind of keep it private for a little bit? It was it was pretty early. Um it was pretty early in in our relationship which um <laughs> usually um in, in relationships in the past, it was something that I was like, wanted to do early because if it's something they're not going to be okay with, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I know some people say Dr. Seuss, but you know, um, be who you are and say what you feel because those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was something where they didn't mind and they were accepting, then they were somebody that was going to, they were going to matter to me. 
um, because I mattered to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, my husband was not at all scared. You know, some people have this look of horror when you tell them um, and it's, they don't know they're doing it, (laughs) but they look Mm -hmm. scared. (laughs) You're like, oh gosh, I hope I, hope I didn't freak him out too much. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he was very loving, very accepting. I'm pretty sure we both cried. Um, (laughs) You know, it was, it was a beautiful moment and it's still something that I feel comfortable, you know, talking to him about. He's one of the few people that I do talk to him about, you know, that people that aren't, don't have, you know, out out of people that don't have trickle tail mania, he's one of the people that I talk to obviously the most. (laughs) Yeah. Do you find like, is it helpful if he, you know, points it out? Like if you're like, you know, the gentle, you know, Hey, you know, you're, you're pulling, is that something that you guys like to do? Or is it more like if he sees you, he lets you be? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty laissez-faire, pretty hands-off kind of a, approach, which um, is just what works works better for us, I guess. Um, but he will, you know, I'll come home and he'll ask me, you know, like, how was your hair today? You know, not like, how is your pulling? How was your pulling session? It was just, how's your hair? Like, just a really simple question how's your hair today? You know, sometimes we like, yeah, my hair is angry today. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm having a bad hair day, which means something completely different to us than it might to other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he does ask and he does kind of check in with me, you know, to see, um, you know, yeah. Hey, how, how was it today? You know, and that's my opportunity. That's him opening the door for me, which I appreciate so much to have a conversation about it Um, because it's not usually going to be something that I'm going to want to bring up, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, like I pulled out a lot of my hair today. You know, that's just not something I come out and say without being asked, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus I'm really having a moment and I just need to talk it out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's great. I think, you know, it's nice sometimes to be like, hey, you know, you're doing it. But I'll, most of the time it's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and I definitely, you know, I know when, you know, it was something when I was living with my parents and they would tell me my reactions were not always nice or kind or, you know, I would just, you know, okay, like, please just leave me alone. You know, like it was, you know, it felt like, an attack, you know, when it absolutely wasn't, and it shouldn't have been taken that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, you know, kind of when someone comes up and was like, you have something on your face, you know, <laughs> like, just a very blunt, like, in your face about it, like, um, so yeah, I don't know, for me, it's, it's more helpful if we can just, maybe if you notice me doing it, you know, like, just say hi to me, you know, let, you know, ask me, ask me a question, you know, Mm -hmm. avert my, you know, brain to something different, something new choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Jessica, it's been really great talking to you. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share before we wrap up? I don't think so. Just that, you know, you can have a full functioning, loving life and have trichotillomania. Like, 
it's a part of you. It's not who you are, but it is a part of you. Um, and I'm learning to embrace it. I love that. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. It's been fantastic. I can't wait to keep in touch with you. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye.